Samuel. Uh, we now the Philistines were fighting against Israel, and the men of Israel fled before the Philistines and fell slain on Mount Gilboa. And Saul and his sons, Jonathan, Anabab, and the other guy there, <laughs> uh, were were killed. And it it uh, says that in verse four. Uh, Saul said to his armor bearer, draw your sword and pierce me through with it. Otherwise, these uncircumcised will come and pierce me through and make sport of me. But his armor bearer would not, for he was greatly afraid. So Saul took his sword and fell upon it. Okay, just keep that in your memory. And now we go to first or Second Samuel. Um, one, Second uh, Samuel, one one. Now it came about after the death of Saul, when David had returned from the slaughter of the Amalekites, and David remained two days in Ziglag. On the third day, behold, a man came out of the camp from Saul, with his clothes torn, dust on his head, and he fell to the ground and prostrated prostrated himself then David said to him from where do you come he said to him I have escaped from the camp of Israel and David said to him how did the things go please tell me and he said the people have fled from the battle and also many of the people have fallen and are dead and Saul and Jonathan and his son are dead also so David said to the young man who told him, How did you know that Saul and his son Jonathan are dead? The young man who told him um, said, By chance I happened to be on Mount Galboa, and behold, Saul was leaning on his spear, and he, <clears throat> behold, the chariots and his horsemen pursued them closely. When he looked behind, he saw me and called me and said, and I said, here I am. And he said to me, who are you? And I answered, uh, I'm an Amalekite. Then he said to me, please stand beside me and kill me for agony has seized me because of my life still lingers in me. So I stood behind him and killed him because I knew that he could not live after he was, had fallen. So I took the crown which was on his head and the bracelet which was on his arm and I have brought them here to you, my Lord. Well, what we read in chapter 31 and then what we're reading in 1 Samuel 1 here about Saul's death, don't really jihaw. One says that, uh, that Saul fell on, on his sword himself and then his armor bearer killed himself. And, um, and then we have here uh, a situation where this Amalekite said that he killed him and brought his crown and his royal uh, bracelet uh, and he brought him to David. 
so, you know the, the battle that we've been fighting, and last week we talked about it, there's about six chapters of 1 Samuel where the whole scenario was that, that Saul had this immense jealousy for David uh, and, and it, to, the, to the extent that he sought him over all this, this land. And yet Samuel, excuse me, David had two opportunities to kill him, and yet he, he, he didn't. And this idea of God's anointed was very important to, uh, to David. He says, I'm not going to touch God's anointed. So in this scenario here, we have something just is not right. But we have commentary that tells us that this Amalekite was a fraud. Now, if you go back to chapter 15 where uh, God told him, you know, you go and you slaughter all the Amalekites, the king and everybody and every animal, he said, totally wipe them out. And what did Saul do? He, he didn't. He brought the king back with him, and he kept the choice uh, of the of the livestock, and he had them there. And it's the famous saying that that Samuel said to to David, I mean to um, to Saul, that to obey is better than sacrifice. And we've been through this, you know. That's that's all we wanted our children to do was to obey us and. And, and, and when, when that happens and when we obey the Lord, we're, we're in pretty good company. But as Pastor Bobby has been going through the Old Testament and the, the Old Testament prophets, the idea of them obeying was, was not too, too evident. You know, they had this cycle uh, that we had in Judges where they would obey for a while and then they would fall back in, into disobedience and to sin by idolatry. So this Amalekite evidently knew that this feud was going on between David and Saul, and he thought he was probably uh, doing the right thing. Uh, now, uh, Brother Wearsby, uh, if you'll indulge my reading here a minute, he said, Scripture gives us three accounts of the, of the death of Saul. First uh, Samuel thir, uh, 31 and the report of the, me, uh, the messenger in 2 Samuel 1 through 10. And in Chronicles, 1 Chronicles 10. According to 1 Chronicles 10, uh, Saul killed himself by falling on the, sto on the sword. But the messenger said that he killed Saul to save him from experiencing further agony and humiliation. First Chronicles 10 informs us that it was God who killed Saul for his rebellion. Uh, and we'll go to there just a minute and see, to see that. So you've, it's got kind of got two against one. We got two places in Scripture where it says that that uh, uh, Saul killed himself, and then we have this 
other guy that says that <clears throat> that he killed him. The messenger claimed that he was an Amalekite, the son of a resident alien. But if he had been living in the land of Israel, uh, he surely would have known that the king of Israel and the was anointed of the Lord. I've uh, run out of something. <laughs> probably, probably battery art. But y'all, y'all can hear me, can't you? Okay. Yeah, when in doubt, put new batteries in. preacher uh, I check his before he starts <laughs> okay thank you baby alright alright so he, he says uh, if the ro royal Jew had found four corpses he would have sought to hide them and protect them from the enemy that's a, a, a good Jew would have done that or Israelite but the Malachites were the enemies of Israel, the very people Saul was supposed to walk, wipe out. Um, but probably they said what this, this guy was or did was a professional, uh, a professional guy that went around after the battle was over and would glean from the spoils. He would take whatever he could find that he could handle uh, and he thought that he would take in this thing to David, uh, the crown and the, and the bracelet. He was doing the right thing. But he didn't know David too good. So look at verse 11. Then David took hold of his clothes and tore them, and so also did all the men who were with him. They mourned and wept and fasted until evening for Saul and his son Jonathan for the people of the Lord and for the house of Israel because they had fallen by the sword. David said to the young men who told him, where are you from? And he answered, I'm a son of an alien and am a Malachite. And David said to him, how is it that you were not afraid to stretch out your hand and destroy the Lord's anointing? And David called one of his young men, said, Go cut him down. And he struck him and he died. And David said to him, Your blood is on your head, for your mouth has testified against you, saying, I have killed the Lord's anointed. So <clears throat> David's done this a couple of times, as we know already. You know, don't, don't say that you're... Uh, for me and yet you do something to God's anointing uh, so uh, that was uh, this particular story beginning in verse 17 we have a, a different uh, situation uh, it's a, a little interesting uh, it's the the song of the bow um, 
And David chanted with his lament over Saul and, jo and Jonathan, his son. And he told them to teach the sons of Judah the song of the bow. Behold, it is written in the book of A-S-H-A-R. Okay. <clears throat> this is a book of the Bible that we don't have. Um, it's mentioned a couple of places. If you'll hold your finger here and go back to Joshua. Uh, I don't remember us talking too much about it when we went through Joshua. But... Uh, go to Joshua chapter 10 verse 12 you with me Joshua chapter 10 verse 12 then Joshua spoke to the Lord in the day when the Lord delivered up the Amorites before the sons of Israel and he said in the sight of Israel O sons stand still at, at Gibeon and O moon in the valley of Adajon so the sun stood still and the moon stopped until the nation avenged themselves of their enemies is it not written in the book of A-S-H-A-R and the sun stopped in the middle of the sky and did not hasten to go down for about a whole day for there was no day like that before before it or after it when the Lord listened to the voice of a man and, the, and for the Lord fought for Israel um, we don't we don't know a lot about this book. Um, we it's been it's been surfaced a couple of times. The last time it was in the 1800s that uh, that something surfaced about this book. But from what I've read is that they have never had a copy in totality of this book, and that's one reason that it it hasn't made it into what we call our canon our our our, our bible so uh, um, evidently at the time it was a le legitimate book but it's kind of been lost in history uh, that's like um, like the new testament tells us that there was a book of laodicea but we don't know anything about it it's it's just been lost uh, and b before this canon what we know is uh, there was a council that put this together and they left uh, those two books out I suppose maybe for the same reason that they didn't have it um, that's what they they tell us here okay back to Samuel uh, <clears throat> so he says this is written in this book and he and then he he starts talking about it he says your beauty, O Israel, is slain on you in the high places. How have the mighty fallen? Tell us it's not Gath. Uh, proclaim it not in the streets of Ashkelon. Or the daughters of the Philistines will rejoice. The daughters of the uncircumcised will exalt. 
old mountains of Gilboa. Let it not uh, let dew or rain be on you, nor the fields for offering. For there is a shield of the mighty was defiled, and the shield of Saul not anointed with oil. And he goes on and talks about about this, uh, this, um, what it is. Verse 24, O daughters of Israel, weep over Saul, and who clothe you with luxuriously in scarlet, who put ornaments of gold on your apparel. Uh, oh, have the mighty fallen in midst of the battle. Jonathan is slain on your high places. I'm distressed for you, my brother Jonathan. You have been a very uh, pleasant to me. Your love to me was more wonderful than the love of a woman. How have the mighty fallen and the weapons of war perished? Well, uh, David, we know from the Psalms and from what he's written, he was a very, he, he, he did well with writing and his poetry and his prose. Um, and so he wrote this about the, the death of Saul and his dear friend Jonathan. Now, some people say uh, they catch on this last line of verse 26. Um, Your love to me was more wonderful than the love of a woman. Uh, some people say, well, well, look here. Uh, we've, got, uh, uh, we've got a situation here. But uh, there was, according to everything that we know and everything we've read and all the scholars there, this was just what it is. It was uh, uh, two men that appreciated and loved one another uh, to a, a, very, a very high level. And there's no romantic love between these two guys, but there was certainly a, an appreciation and a love between them. Uh, it doesn't take much for in Scripture for us to find some dissenting soul uh, in this situation. So uh, this, is, this is what David sang and what he wanted the people to lament over the loss of these people. It's kind of reminding me of, of uh, when, when we have a, a celebrity or a politician or something uh, that, that has, has not kind of been on the up and up and has been, in some cases, a downright scoundrel, but when he dies, he's all of a sudden a pretty good guy. Uh, I've told Velta that I want those kind of people talking about me when I leave. You know? <laughs> Don't talk about me as being a scoundrel, but talk about me as in good, good, good graces. So <clears throat> we're moving on along now, and and we'll see more as we go through Samuel how how David is coming more and more to the front, and where where Saul real quickly. Is, uh, is fading away. Chapter 2. When it came about afterwards that David inquired of the Lord, shall I go to the cities of Judah 
And the Lord said to him, Go up. So David said, Where shall I go up? And he said to Hebron. Now we've talked about this before, that David didn't, in this part of his life, didn't do anything without consulting the Lord. And we knew the ephod that we've talked about, you know, that we had the, the Urim and the Thummim, and, uh, and they, they had the ephod, and they bring me the ephod and let me uh, inquire of the Lord. Well, it doesn't say that, but he said he inquires uh, of the Lord, so he, he asked again, and he said, where shall I go? And he says, uh, go to Hebron. So David went there, verse 2, and with his wives, and, uh, and David, verse 3, brought up his men who were, who were with him, each with his household, and they lived in the cities of Hebron. Now, going back a couple of chapters, uh, when, when David was running from, from uh, Saul and he had been everywhere he could be, and he said, well, I'll just go to the Philistines. He said, surely he won't come there for me. And so he went there and he asked, he said, have you got a, a city that I can have? And he said, go to Ziglag. And all of his, all of his people and he and his wives and all of his people were with him at this point, about 600. Uh, they went to Ziglag and they took over Ziglag. So here is a moving. He got a promotion, so to speak, and he's moving to a new city. And he didn't know where to go. And so he sought the Lord and the Lord told him, go to Hebron. So <clears throat> verse 3 and David brought up his men and were with him, each of his own household, and they lived in the cities of Hebron. Then the men of Judah came, and they were anointed David king over the house of Judah. Now, uh, Samuel had anointed him as an 18-year-old boy. You know, this is who God wants, a man after my own heart, and yet, David kind of took that in stride. And yet, he was faithful to, to Saul, and he led, he led the war effort and, and, and was very good. So, in, in this particular case, they're finally realizing who he is. Well, I, I'm sure they knew who he was, but they're, they're saying, we, we want to make you king over us. Verse 4, then the men of Judah came there, anointed David king over the house of Judah. And there they told David it was the men so and forth who buried Saul. And David sent met, uh, messengers to these people and said, may your blessings of the Lord be because you have sown kindness to Saul your Lord and have uh, buried him. Uh, the these people they they hung Saul up and uh, they took him down and they uh, burned his bones and and buried him and uh, he's 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 uh, uh, telling these people they did the right thing 
Now verse 6, Now may the Lord show loving kindness and truth to you, and I also will show uh, goodness to you because you have done this thing. Now therefore let your hands be strong and be valiant, for Saul your Lord is dead, and over the house of Judah has appointed me king. Now verse 8, Ishuboth. Uh, you pronounce it. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, but Abner, the son of Ner, commander of Saul's army, had taken Nishuboth, the son of Saul, and brought him over to this place. Now, we've talked about Jonathan being the son. He had, he it was Jonathan and two more sons that were died with him in the battle on Mount Gilboa. We have heard nothing about this son at all. He is not mentioned anywhere in Scripture except Second Samuel. So this son, we don't, we don't know anything about him, but he was Saul's son. And at this point, they're fixing to make him king over Israel. Verse 9. They made him king over Gil, uh, Gilead, over the Asherites, Jezreel, Ephraim, and over Benjamin, even over all Israel. He was Saul's son, was 40 years old when he became king over Israel. He was king for two years. The house of Judah, however, followed David. The time that Judah was king in Hebron was uh, seven years and six months. Uh, this, this situation is not, it's going to pop up again as we go in history. Uh, we had, when, the, when uh, Jeroboam, when Solomon's son, when Solomon died, Jeroboam took over and he took the advice of the young men and not the advice of the old, old men. And, and they said, no, we're not going to do this. And the kingdom was divided. And then it was, again, it was Judah and Israel. Judah to the south, which included Benjamin. Judah to the south and, and uh, the ten tribes to the north. So this is a kind of fort, foretelling, so to speak, of what happened, uh, that that's what is going to happen when, when uh, uh, the kingdom is divided. So if your Bible is like mine on verse 12, it says that they probably started a kind of a civil war here. And the two people you need to follow in here is Abner and Joab. Abner was Saul's general. Uh, Joab was David's general, and and they're and yet they're they're from the same stick of people, and and they 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 uh, they're fighting among themselves. That's uh, <clears throat> uh, it's it's kind of confusing unless you. Hang on to those things that Abner is on Saul's side and Joab is on David's side and they're ultimately going to come together. Ultimately going to come together. 
Um, I'm running. I finally caught up with that clock. No, not really. But anyway, <clears throat> they they had this little civil war between them, uh, and they they uh, fought. Now, this Ishuboth, he he was scared of of uh, of um, Abner, who was his general. Uh, that's Bill's paraphrase, but I think I'm right. And, and he says, uh, um, let's have a contest before us, verse 14. And Abner said, said to Joab, now let the young men arise and let them contest be with us. And Joab said, let them arise. And so they, they, have, they had this free-for-all. I don't know how it happened, but they each picked 12 people and uh and they had a it wasn't a tug of war so to speak because they killed some each other and and they uh uh <clears throat> verse 23 however they refused to turn aside therefore abner struck him well that's a different story but that's as a hell but anyway they 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 they, they they um, killed one another, um, and David's men came out better than than uh, than uh, um, Abner's people. In verse thirty, uh, then Joab returned from following Abner when he had gathered all his people together, nineteen of David's servants besides Asenel were missing. But the servants of David had struck down many of Benjamin and Abner's men so that 360 men died. So 19 for David, 360 men for, for Abner. Um, I haven't done this justice uh, in this particular passage, um, and I've rambled a little bit, so Art, you have to clean my mess up next week. Uh, there's a when when we go into chapter three, uh, right quick they talk about uh, David's uh, family and he he had he had eight wives of record, seven of them gave him children, and then he had a some concubines we don't know their names and. Uh, they had children by him. So best we know that, Art will get into this next week, but best we know that he had about 20 children. And one of those is mentioned as being a, a, a lady, uh, Tamar, but I'm sure if he had 19 boys, he, well, I don't know. But the pr probability is he had more girls than was mentioned. So, Children, Art will get into that. I'm, I'm rambling here, so we'll, we'll go from there. Um, in all my rambling, have, uh, have you got anything to add? So we'll, we'll get into um, 2 Samuel as we go through there and uh, see what we can come up with. Okay? Uh, Jim and 
Kathy, good to have you. Good to have you. Okay. I, I don't always ramble like this, but you've, you've got me on a rambling day. All right. Let's go to the Lord. Father, we thank you for all you are to us. We thank you for loving us and being with us. Thank you for this Sunday. Bless us. We give you the praise in Jesus' name. Amen.